0: That moment when you go from fellow to attending is the most important time in your life, and you should be working the hardest and getting every single thing you can get in, or in line at that time to set yourself up for the next 30 to 50 years.
1: Hey, it's Justin Harvey. Thanks for tuning in to the Anesthesia and Pain Management Success podcast. With APM Success, we take a close look at important topics pertaining to business, practice management, personal finance, and careers for anesthesiologists and pain management physicians. We work hard to take your critical questions straight to the experts. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to episode 182 of APM Success. We have another live on-site interview happening here with Dr. Anthony Jafrida. Dr. Jafrida, thanks for joining. Of course. Thank you, Justin, for having me. Uh, so, we're here in the Alto Bar at Caesars Palace at the Nans Conference, and uh, there's currently a Niners-Seahawks game happening in the background, so if you hear a bunch of raucous noise, that's what's going on. But I'm here to be talking to Dr. Jafrida about his involvement in something called Doc Nation. So, back in episode 122, if you want to check that out, apmsuccess.com 122, you can find the first conversation that we had. He started essentially what is a physician agency, where he observed the way that professional athletes interact with their agents and the things that they negotiate on behalf of those athletes, and he thought, why can we not replicate this model for physicians? And I, as someone very passionate about helping doctors be as well-positioned as possible and negotiating employment agreements and contracts of all kinds, naturally, I gravitated to this idea. Dr. Jafrida, for our listeners, why don't you just refresh us on what is Doc Nation?
0: Yeah, I think it's perfect that we're doing this interview uh, during a football game. Yes. Because that's where I got the idea from. Uh, a lot of people say, wow, this is great. This is so good. How did you get the model? I said, well, I, I really had the idea 10 years ago in med school. I said, why don't physicians, when I was first getting my first look at like residency and all this stuff that we all had to do ourselves, I'm like, why don't physicians have representation? Why don't we have someone that helps us navigate these waters? You know, we're we're good at medicine. We're good at being scientists. We're not really good business people. That's not our forte. We're not good negotiators. We don't even know what we should be negotiating. I actually met about two and a half years ago now. I met a current NFL agent. And I went up to him and said, hey, tell me why this is a dumb idea. And he said, that's the best day I've, I've ever heard. He goes, I'm, I'm all in. I would rather do that than work with NFL players because doctors are a lot less crazy, if you will. Um, they, and there's uh, a lot more of them. There's a lot more of them. So so the revenue and uh, in, in salaries is a lot more for combined for physicians than it is for athletes. So that was the point where I said, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm actually going to stop getting it out of the idea box and see how to get this off the ground. Um, and it took about a year, uh, a few iterations of different partners who really wanted to get involved. We finally hooked up with... Uh, Justin and Reed from Physician Thrive, and uh, my other partner, Neil, he's a rep that that many people may know. It, It really took off, got off the ground, and we've gotten to the point where we're having a monthly webinar talking about the issues at hand, and we've started signing up members to join the nation and also start negotiating contracts for physicians.
1: One of the ideas that you and I have discussed is physicians need to understand their value when participating in this conversation. And it's part of my quasi conspiracy theory hypothesis that all of the forces of medical education conspire to keep doctors in the dark about their value. So how do you educate either your clients or even your friends about the value that they have as physicians? Yeah, I think that's great. I talk about this to
0: fellows a lot too. Know your value, know your value. It's a a hashtag we use all the time. And it's funny you said keeping doctors in our dark. Our last webinar was called doctors in the dark what the hospital administration don't want you to know. And a lot of that is, so I aching it once again to athletes, without the players, there is no game, right? You can have the best stadium in the world, you can have the best fans in the world, you can have the best local in the world, you can have the coolest jersey in the world. Without Tony Romo, without Ezekiel Elliott, there is no Cowboys, right? Without physicians, there is no game. You can have a great OR, you can have the coolest CR, you're gonna have the best hospital rooms. Without physicians, there's no game, there's no healthcare. And at this point, physicians are the last ones to be compensated properly. And actually, as we all know, on January 1st, we've been cut by CMS about 4.5%, depending how you look at it. So that's why I say know your value, is just know that without you, there's nothing. A lot of people say, well, I get my pro fee and they get the facility fee from, let's say, a procedure I do. No, there's a lot more that goes into that. That patient's getting physical therapy. They're getting DME. They're picking up medications from the pharmacy. All of this, the hospital's making money off of, you don't see any of that, right? All you did was a procedure, and you got your pro-fee for that, which usually the facility fee is 10 times the pro-fee. And then all those ancillaries as well, you're not seeing any of that. That's know your value. The other thing about knowing your value is knowing your, your worth to ask for what you want. I think a lot of us are afraid of that, this is, this is the situation I see all the time. Dr. Smith, let's say, is getting a new job at Hospital X. CEO of Hospital X says, here's your contract. Dr. Smith takes it home, gives it to his friend, lawyer buddy, right? We all have a lawyer buddy that we looks at our contracts. Lawyer, we don't even hire him, right? We have just we're, This is how bad doctors are at this. And then our lawyer buddy says, hey, these four things you might want to have them look at. You go back to CEO and you say, I want these four things, and CEO says, well, hospital X, this is standard, you can't negotiate. That is the biggest BS ever. Everything's negotiable. That's what I've learned from the negotiators that we have on our team. Everything is negotiable. There's no such thing as a non-negotiable term. And, but us as physicians sitting in front of CEO, especially fellows or new physicians coming out, are scared. We're like, oh, okay, okay, sorry, sorry for asking. And then we just sign the contract, and then three years later, we realize that we have a five year non compete and we're getting raises of 2% a year while inflation's going up 7%. And we're stuck in a job that we don't enjoy. But if we have a five year non compete three counties wide. We can't move our family. We've already invested, we're already so far into debt, we can't stop working. And that's how we kind of get caught. So just know that you can negotiate these terms, you can get your fair worth. And we can help you with that at Doc Nation. That's the whole point of it.
1: One of the real challenges I see is the stark recalibration of mindset required for fellows who are used to, especially in residency, it's like, don't rock the boat, show up on time, do what you're told, don't be a problem, and like ask for forgiveness if you're going to ask for a day off for some like extreme personal emergency. And you are so far down at the bottom of the totem pole, you have this self-image that is much more as a replaceable part than a valuable contributor. And it's not really reflective of the service you're providing, but the problem is when you finish training, that that mindset that's been hardwired over the previous three to six years, it's still around. And at that point, when you're signing that first contract, that mindset is going to cost you a lot of money if you don't recalibrate it in time. So I could not agree more emphatically with what you're saying.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I tell all the fellows out there that your biggest jump, and oh, that's, a, that's a huge run by Christian McCaffrey, so you might be able to hear me. Um, I tell all the fellows out there that your biggest jump in your career isn't from college to med school, isn't from med school to residency, isn't from residency to fellowship. It is fellowship to an attending, and it isn't even close. That's, I totally agree. That is the most important contract you'll ever sign. That next six months, your first six months of being an attending, is the most important time in your career. You're in debt. You've given up your 20s. You've sacrificed your family life. You've missed weddings. You've missed birthdays. You may have put off getting married. I've heard all these stories. That moment when you go from fellow to attending is the most important time in your life, and you should be working the hardest and getting every single thing you can get in in line at that time to set yourself up for the next 30 to 50 years.
1: Something that you shared about one of the fellows with whom you're working, I really like the, the way that you communicated this, and I want other listeners to hear this, you want to be working with a practice and with prospective partners that are vested in your success, that want to, not only do they, they say they want to see you succeed, but they communicate in such a way that it is obvious that they're telling the truth. And furthermore, you can follow the money, the economic arrangement that you're entering to conclude that it, that it is real and true. So can you talk a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, I think it's funny sometimes when I talk about Doc Nation, you know, I am an employer as well. I run a private practice, I have fellows, I have junior attendings, and I talk to them all the time how you have to be successful for me to be successful, and vice versa. So it really is a team effort where if they fail, we all fail, or if I fail, they fail. And I I am pretty hard on people when they're first starting because I I think they need that in order to really understand how difficult that first six months could be. But I incentivize the people that I hire as well. I like to get them what we call an EBIT model very quickly. The first year is really a base salary because I don't want them to worry about that. I want them to worry about getting their mindset right, knowing how to see patients, no more safety net, you're on your own, you're doing these procedures on your own, you're seeing, You're making the final decision. I'm not standing over your shoulder saying, ah, oh, you know what, I think we should do this. So that first year, but after that first year, they're on an EBIT model where they get a certain percentage of their revenue. So the, the harder they work, the better they do, they make more money. And I think that's how a lot of people work better in those situations. That's one thing with Doc Nation we really push for are those revenue sharing models. Because if you get stuck in a situation where you're making X dollars a year and it's gonna go up 3% every year, some a lot of these hospitals out there are like that. 3% every year, and you're sitting there, you're looking at the next 30 years of your life, you can already calculate exactly how much money you're gonna make. And a lot of people will get, a lot of people will get Touchdown Niners. Touchdown. Yeah, it's already 10 nothing. I think. A lot of Niners fans out here. But a lot of people will get kind of burnt out very quickly because they have nothing to really play for. It's just Groundhog's Day. Get up, see some patients, go home. Get up, see some patients, go home. And they lose that, that itch of why they wanted to become a physician to actually help people and actually do something. But when you're incentivized to do that, you do a better job. I, I believe
1: you do a better job at doing that. So talk about... How does Doc Nation currently exist and how do you hope it's going to develop and grow over the next 12 yeah. to 24 months? So the way Doc Nation exists now is we
0: have basically it, it, people are like, wow, what a great model. Where did you think of it? I was like, I, I didn't think of it. I just took it from the model that athletes use. And the way it works is twofold. So they, athletes have a players association. So we have the nation, we call it, which there's a membership fee once a year. And that goes to us hiring our lobbyists, hiring lawyers that are in the vested interest of the whole nation, of every physician in the country. I would like every physician in the country to be in the nation. Uh, I think that's one problem we have is a lot of physicians are a lot of infighting. We need to get together on one side. This is what athletes did. They have a players association. Everyone is in the players association. That's why were they able to get their revenue sharing from about 10% in the 80s, the 70s and 80s, to 50% now. Our revenue sharing in healthcare is 9%. We want to get that to 11%. That's our goal. So you can join the nation. All you got to do is go to docnation.com. There's a button that says join the nation. That's the first level. The second level is, if you want us to negotiate on your behalf, you send us an email, team at docnation.com, or we will actually send everyone an email that signs up for the nation to see if people want the negotiating tools that we have. And we can take it to the next level, where we're doing your negotiations, we're handling your financial advice. We always The joke is that if you need a dog walker, we'll find you a dog walker. Like This is what the athletes get. We take care of your life, you worry about being the best physician you can be. That's all you have to worry about. You went to medical school for four years to learn how to be an amazing doctor. You didn't take one class on how to negotiate. You didn't take one class on financial advice. We didn't even take a class on how to do our taxes. So we take care of all that for you. And that's the second level of the nation where we basically take care of everything, negotiating, salary, financial advice that you would need during your time that's all off your mind. You know that's taken care of. There's a lot of interaction between us and you. We don't just do it roguely we ask you do you want this this or this option a b or c when you could have a lot of input as much as you want or you just tell us i trust you um do it so that's that's the second thing in order you don't you don't have to pay anything up front to get involved in that you just say hey i'm interested in meeting with your negotiators people say oh anthony you're so good at this i don't know how to negotiate i'm a physician i don't know how to do financial advice i i I have guys in Doc nation that do all that stuff that that's their specialty and let them do it. So you get a first meeting just to talk to everyone, see if it's right for you. And then the only way that Doc Nation makes any revenue off of that is if we make you more money. So it won't cost you money out of your pocket. You just, we just, there's a percentage of whatever the negotiated contracts are. So that's the other thing, you know, we're not trying to be another drain on physician salaries with Doc Nation. We're just trying to, you know, push that forward and get your salary higher to where it should be. And I told you this before we started recording, and I stand by this. I think all physicians' salaries, if you do the math on where the healthcare is, should be three to five times what they are right now. Everyone across the board, pediatricians, neurosurgeons, oncologists, everyone should be three to five times where they are, and not a three percent bump every year.
1: One of the ideas that you and I have discussed is that of the replacement value of a physician. And I think Helping the doctors understand the mindset of the employer can be useful in empowering them to have that conversation about compensation, whether it's preliminarily or in terms of a raise. So talk about replacement value and help physicians understand how is their employer thinking about their role and how much is it going to cost them to have to get a new doctor in that role?
0: Yeah. So it's very interesting. I learned a lot. We're actually having our next webinar, uh, which is the fourth Tuesday of every month. Our next webinar is with a former hospital administrator who is not in that role anymore. And is okay, we're actually calling it, we're, we're, we're calling it pulling back the curtain because he's going to tell us everything. The replacement value, what that means is how much does it cost to replace you? It's, it's very expensive. And I think hospitals don't want you to know that because they don't, because then you could use that as leverage. The cost to replace a physician is one, let's just start at the recruitment. They have to get a recruiter to find a physician. Two, the training. You have to learn the new system. Just learning a new EHR system takes time and costs money. Three, is how long it takes that new doctor to get busy. I don't think a lot of people know this. In the world of spine surgery, let's say, doing five to six spine surgeries a week is very good, right? You won't get up to that level if you're coming out of fellowship as a spine surgeon for two to three years. So that lost revenue for that hospital—they're still paying you the same salary, but you're not doing five to six spine surgeries a week until two to three years out. So that's another part of your replacement value—is how much they'll lose having the new person get up and running. That's one thing that Doc Nation really does to try to negotiate the contracts higher. Is we say, hey, we understand the replacement value for this physician might be $500,000. We want 20% of that a year. We want $100,000 at a year extra for our our physician. And a lot of times then they'll meet somewhere in the middle. Once they know that we know what these numbers are, the the CEOs of the hospitals kind of perk up and say, these guys know what they're talking about. They're not gonna back down. That's the other thing is is you're not the one negotiating. You're not even in the room. It's it's, we send these guys in and, and you don't have to be the bad guy, right? You have to work there eventually. You don't want to be the bad guy. You want the CEO to be your friend, right? You're gonna need help eventually with something. We're not going to back down. We know what that value is. We use calculated real numbers. They know those calculated real numbers. And we decide on a number somewhere in between that you should be compensated for
1: largely. So for our listeners, we talked about a few different things. And I want to post applicable links. So if you go to APMSuccess.com 182, we'll link to the DocNation website. We'll link to some other resources that Dr. Jafrida has mentioned. What other sort of considerations are there as it relates to the conversation in hey, hand? Considerations. What else should fellows need to know, or what else, what other ways are there to look at this discussion that you feel like they're currently, or even just early career attendings, that they're currently disempowered and they need to have certain ideas like either shared with them for the first time or reinforced in order to put them on an equal footing?
0: I think one of the best things uh, that I've learned from having fellows is that fellows are pretty smart. They know their stuff, especially when they get passionate about one thing. A lot of times you can be. You can be teaching your attending a lot. I learn a lot from my fellow. You know, I, I always say it's a bad, it's, you're not a good mentor or attending if you think you're right all the time. Because first of all, you're not, you're wrong sometimes. And you have you have a lot that you can learn from a fellow. I love having a fellow. The amount of journal articles I have to read now, because we have a journal club, I, I probably wouldn't be reading that much. So I think just be confident that you know your stuff. You don't probably know the vast As wide of a spectrum as your attending does, but there are certain pressure points where you might be more passionate about, and you might know more about a certain procedure or a certain disease process. So be confident in that. Have some references, and talk to your attending about that. And they should be open. That's so. This is my plea to attendings: is to be open about. Don't just say you don't know what you're talking about, or go look it up. I hate that. Go look it up. No, why don't we go look it up together? Someone asked me a question I don't know the answer to. I'm like, let's look it up right now together. We have the internet in our pocket. Why would you not, you know, look up some articles right then, right now, and both of you learn something? So I, I think fellows can push the attendings just as much as attending can push fellows. And if if, and even after you're a fellow and you're a junior partner, let's say, same thing with your senior partner and junior partner. You know your stuff. So be confident in that. That's the biggest plea I could say to, to fellows is, is don't get disenfranchised by the older guard out there
1: for physicians out there that want to get in touch with you what's the best way to do that
0: personally probably through linkedin or instagram on linkedin just anthony Jafrida, you'll find me i'm out of fort lauderdale on uh, instagram it's at dr g sports spine I, I look at all my messages i i will respond to you i got a lot of mess on linkedin so it might take a little while but i, I do look at them all through Doc Nation, the best way to get in touch with us, if you don't want to you know, hit the Join the Nation button and you're a little skittish about anything, if you send us an email at team at docnation.com, we'll get back to you there, too. And usually I, one of us will look at that. It's not always me, but someone will look at that, and we can set up a meeting. If you say, hey, I want to speak with Dr. Jafrida about this, then it'll definitely get to me. But honestly, my whole team is very, very good, very knowledgeable on all this. Cool.
1: We'll post all that in the show notes as well. So apmsuccess.com slash 182. All Dr. Jafrida's info will be there. We'll wrap it up there. Dr. Anthony Jafrida, thank you very much for joining us today on APM Success. Awesome. Thank you very much for having me. If you liked what you heard this week, head on over to APMSuccess.com, where you can find more content and free resources to help you build a successful career in anesthesia and pain management. If you wanted to leave a review in iTunes, I'd also really appreciate it. Thanks for using some of your valuable time to join me today on APM Success.